You are not here by accident. You are here by design. And you are here to find courage in the face of fear, to replace isolation with connection, to push back that feeling of overwhelm, and to start feeling confident. And you know how you're going to do it? By listening to other people's stories. There's no better way to feed your soul and raise your vibration and shift your mindset than to hear the stories of those who have gone before you. I'm your host, Lori Lynn, also known as Her Royal Excitedness, and I invite you to rise and climb. I am so grateful that you have joined us here today because our guest is Tina Lorenz. She is known as the queen of copy and she is a mentor and a coach and is all about shifting our mindset to become the person that we are destined to be and created to be. And so Tina, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, hi, Lori. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. It's a Always a pleasure. <laughs> oh, you are such a delight. And I can vividly remember some of the stories that you've shared about your own journey. And that's why I wanted to bring you on because this podcast is all about the entrepreneurial journey, um, having honest conversations about taking the road less traveled. And I love that you discovered your path um, a little later in life. You weren't, you know, straight out of college. And so would you share a little bit about what it is that you do now, and then take us back to, you know, what kickstarted you toward where you are today. Sure, absolutely. And I have to laugh when you said a, a little later than most, because it was, it was actually quite a bit later than most. I was past 50. And then I have another little laugh when you say not straight out of college, because I never went to college. And so um, where I'm at now is that I'm called the queen of copy because Frank Kern is very well known online marketer and he dubbed me that and I said, I'll own that. <laughs> so, right. so that was kind of fun. But but seriously, the, the aspect of really shifting mindset for what's possible in a person's life and how they get there is really an important aspect of what I do. Because while I teach copywriting and I have a copywriting program and I'm training people to become funnel copywriters to understand all the parts and bits and pieces of writing for a funnel from start to finish from that opt-in all the way through webinars, sales letter, all of the parts that go with that. It's way more than that. And I, I often say it's, you know, it's way more than writing headlines and bullet points because I teach mindset with everything that I teach. I lead with that. Then I have content that I create and teach, but I also have a spiritual dimension that I teach and connect to all of this. And so it's kind of, I think it was the bookends of what you're doing in the middle of this, these really strong, powerful bookends of mindset and spirituality. So at, at this point in my career, I'm not only writing for at um, a high level for entrepreneurs where I strategize out what they're going to be doing and write all the elements of copy for them, especially and particularly people are using funnels and have many um, aspects of it, including webinar scripts, that type of thing. But the, my calling really too is to teach and change people's lives by introducing them into a different way of life through copywriting and what that can do for them. Uh, I do that through my programs. I do it through live events, uh, coaching and mentoring. So that's that's what keeps me busy these days and um, especially have an outreach that I'm going to be putting into place very soon for more for women that have been through difficult times, single moms, women that have survived domestic violence, that I really wanted to be able to reach them in a different way to teach what changed my life. And so if you don't mind me backing up to how I got into this in the first place, you know, 
Um, I, I was on my own since I was 17 years old. I literally went out the bedroom window from a very, very dysfunctional and even dangerous family scenario that I grew up in, went to Seattle and had to go to court to get myself emancipated so I could make legal decisions for myself, rented a little tiny apartment, had a job at a, a large teaching hospital associated with the University of Washington. And that's, that's what I did. I wasn't a street kid or anything like that, but I had to figure out how to have a life and how to take care of myself at a very young age. And you know, the mindset aspect of this is something I've certainly had to journey through because I just didn't even know that there was a way to do anything more. I didn't know how to have an expectation of something more for myself because uh, like many, I grew up not hearing anything positively uh, about that. Didn't hear anything positive about who I was as a person. In fact, quite the opposite of a, a lot of demeaning things and um, lectures and that type of thing. And so, you know, when you grow up with that, we, have, we all have these stories that we tell ourselves are our truth and that we possibly identify ourselves from a frame of reference from someone else, sometimes well-meaning, sometimes uh, troubled, depending on, on who delivered those messages in the first place. But what I also came to understand is that we, always, we use these things to, to either propel us forward or stop us. And so we always have the ability to make a decision whether it's going to stop us or propel us. And for some reason, many people have asked me, well, what, is it, what do you think kept you going to, to work on, to become something more than what you thought you could be? And I, I guess I just have to say, I think from a very young age, there was something else at work in the spiritual realm of my life. Just personally, it had nothing to do with a church or anything like that or any teachings. It was just something innately in me that I have come to recognize as an adult was something different perhaps and maybe a little unusual than, than some children might experience but i think it's what kept me going and feeling like there was something more at some level it took me quite a while to get there though <laughs> it was not an easy journey i ended up married and as most you know just kind of the expectations of life i ended up married and i have two uh, wonderful children that came out of that but it wasn't a happy marriage and after um, 18 years, that marriage ended. And, you know, I just didn't have any role models. I didn't know how to do anything differently. I didn't know how to have a different kind of relationship. And that also led me into what I would consider the most traumatic event in my life, which was uh, after that and being midlife and not really having experienced dating or anything like that at that point of life, ended up in a situation where, honestly, the person is still alive out there, a psychopath, and it's not an exaggeration, they did try to murder me. And uh, I was able to escape with my children. We were living on a yacht. I was able to escape with my children and um, fortunately with our lives, but we lost everything else that we had. We had no money, we had no home, had nothing. Ended up in a shelter, was literally homeless and ended up being stopped by the person also. So it was really very, very difficult time of my life uh, feeling how could I have gotten in this situation in the first place? But it also taught me that I had kind of a little signal about it. I had kind of a sense of something when I first met this individual and I discounted it. You know, I thought, oh, it's just me. You know, I've been out of circulation for a long time. I gave myself all the reasons why it was my imagination. It wasn't my imagination. It was actually a prompting. And as it turns out, it kind of had a foreshadowing of it, even as a, as a much younger person, about something happening um, and this person basically was prepared to shoot me in the head. And that's the foreshadowing I had had at a, at a much younger age. And it was all happening. It was all playing out. So from there, I really had to figure out how I was going to rebuild a life. And right. was really an emotional wreck. And um, ended up 
finding the person I was supposed to be with, and I'm very happily married to the, the individual I should have been with in the first place much later. <laughs> but, but he really just stood by me through this process of trying to figure out what had happened to me and trying to understand it. Um, from we and we had to recreate a life this he, he didn't have anything we got together either you know life had taken a little bit of a hit on both of us so uh, right. so we went through some things of doing some marketing and that type of stuff for agency for a big ad agency we sold things face to face just literally face to face i was a sham wow of color changing mugs I, I learned how to i demonstrated them sold them at a very high level ended up being invited inside the Pentagon to sell them, learned a lot about what made people react and learned more about what I was capable of doing because during the course of some of this, I ended up being interviewed on the news and things like that. And just began to realize that I had abilities I didn't, I never had realized that I had, right? right. Yeah. And so I was past 50. We're looking for a, a thing to do. And I'm, I might mention here, my husband um, is now legally blind. And so I'm the one that is really going to be the support for our family. And I was reading something online, just Googling, you know, looking for ideas of what I might be able to do next. We were living in an old mobile home in Arizona and I came across an article on copywriting. And when I read it, I honestly did not know what copywriting was. This is copywriting with a W, which is writing for marketing materials, all the words that persuade and compel and attract and, and, and sell things is all part of copywriting. And as I was reading the article, I literally, I remember it very vividly, I literally broke out in a sweat and just was like, this is the thing. I'm, I'm going to do this thing. And I'll, I ended up telling my husband, Ron, this, I'm going to do this. I know, I, I think I can do this. And I just had this belief that I could do it, even though I didn't even know what it was yet. Right. And I had been having a couple of calls with someone that was a life coach, <clears throat> excuse me, and just kind of telling her the story of, of what I wanted to do. And it would, we had actually, um, gotten out of circulation of the person that was stalking us by starting to travel in an RV. That's how I got my kids moved around. It's how we started moving around because the person showed up. We'd gone to another state, everything, and a person showed up there. And it was totally out of his realm of experience where we were. And so I knew it was because we were there. I knew he knew where I was. And so that's when our RV life began. So we had this old RV and we had this old mobile home. <laughs> and I was speaking to this life coach, kind of telling her my story and what I wanted to do next. And she said, you know, I'm having this event in Maine. Now we're in Arizona. She was in Maine and she said it was $600 and I'd wanted to go to it, but I felt like I can't, I can't afford to go, you know, and travel all the way across country. And she said, if you get here, I'd like you to speak for 10 or 15 minutes. I have an audience of about 60 people. I'd like you to come and speak and you, you can come for free if you'll speak for a few minutes. So I did what any reasonable person would do. And I sold our mobile home. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I just felt this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm supposed to do. And so kind of a funny little side note, because I really was not, I was not trained in copywriting. I did know how to sell, but mm -hmm. here we have this typical, you know, olive green shag carpeting, laminate countertop kind of mobile home. It was nothing fancy. But what we did have is this really amazing view. And that's why we'd gotten it in the first place. And not to mention it was affordable. And so... Right. There was a beautiful view of the mountains at sunset in particular, and we had a saguaro cactus. And in that part of Arizona, there's not that many of them. It's, it's a more arid part, even though it's desert all over Arizona, even really, really desert, which is right on the border of California and Mexico and Arizona. And they're the cactus with the arms, you know, and my joke is that they move around when you're not looking, they change position, you know. But it's a typical desert cactus with the arms. And so I went down to the thrifty nickel 
our local free newspaper with a photo of the view with the saguaro in it. And said, I want to sell my mobile home, so I need to run an ad, and I'd like to put a photo in it. And they're looking at it, well, like, don't you want a picture of the mobile home? And I was <laughs> like, oh, no, no, I don't, actually, because I'm going to sell the view. And that's what I did. And so wow. I talked. And so I made a story. I made a story. It was not just like it's three bedrooms, it's two bathrooms, you know, it has a driveway and it has a storage shed, you know, whatever. It was, right. it was all about enjoying because I knew people went there in the winter because it was fabulous weather all winter long. And so I just made a little story about sitting, ha having your happy hour and sipping your margarita and looking at the mountains and, and your cactus, you know. And the first mm -hmm. person that came to look at the mobile home bought it for cash for what I was asking. No, yeah. no, no negotiation. And so we took off in that old RV that we had at the time to Maine. And I did my 15 minutes of speaking and people just surged around me afterwards. They were just, I, people were crying. You know, they were just totally related to what I had shared with them in, the, in that 15 minute span. And one of the people there, one of the speakers was uh, from Las Vegas. She said, I'm having an event and I haven't been able to sell any tickets. And we have not one person yet signed up to come to my event. Would you write a sales letter for me? So that was my first sales letter. And I sold out her event with that sales letter and she invited me to her event. So I went to Las Vegas <laughs> in the old mobile home. And it was actually a fifth wheel in a truck, but I went to Las Vegas and participated there. And another person asked me if I'd write copy for them. And I wrote that copy from the Grand Tetons in Wyoming in, in the RV. And so that's how I began. And then I was participating on forums and at that point, they were forums. It wasn't Facebook groups or anything like that. Copywriting forums. And I was just participating, being helpful, talking to people, you know, just being an active member of that forum. And someone noticed how I was writing and they noticed the type of message I had. And they asked if I would be interested in writing some copy for them. And I ended up ghostwriting copy for someone who was rather well known as a copywriter and their clients did not know that I was writing the copy. And so this, I just kept taking another step up and another step up until I went to um, a, a big event in New York City for Gary Bensavanga, who a lot of people consider the greatest living copywriter uh, in the world, who's no longer writing copy for others, but was fabulously successful in his copywriting career. And now he markets his own things. He's still active online, but you just don't know it's him kind of a thing because he has different products. Right. But I knew, I knew enough to know that a lot of people were going to be there that were very high up in the industry that were copywriters like uh, Gary Halbert was still alive then he was going to be there John Carlton was going to be there and I, I knew that if I went to this with the right intention it was very possible that something more would happen for me in my business also and plus I wanted to learn from Gary uh, Ben Savanga <laughs> there are two Gary's in the story Ben Savanga and Halbert but I wanted to learn from Gary Ben Savanga it was at the St. Regis Hotel in New York City which is at least $700 a night for a room and the event was $5,000, and this was some years ago now, so that probably, to me at that point, it might as well have been $5 million because I didn't have the 5000 either, and he also didn't take credit cards, not that I had one probably at that point, but he didn't take credit cards, you had to pay by check, and you had to apply. So this was just another step up where I decided mindset over matter, and I determined I'm going to go to this event. And I had little post-it notes around my computer and just really speaking as if I'm already on my way to the event. I raised my rates. I was continuing to get attention in copywriting. And I raised my rates. I applied to go. I sent him $5,000 and I went to the event. And wow. from, from that event, I left that event with at least $80,000 in work booked. And another 20000 or so came in after. It was at least $100,000 I made from going to that event. 
and, and really understanding how to network, which and at that event, I met Gary Halbert and he invited me to his event because of a letter I'd written and shown him that I had uh, used an idea he had called a dollar letter, which is basically a two page letter with a dollar bill attached to the corner. And I had done, uh, to make a long story short, for a real estate investor, I had written that two page letter format to the people he wanted to reach. He had $400,000 he wanted to invest in buying properties in Florida at that time. He ended up needing $4 million to do it because so many people responded. It was like sign a contract and send it back. I'll buy your property kind of a thing. So wow. many, so many people responded that he literally made a million dollars profit. He had to, in 30 days, this happened in 30 days. He had to, and he had to get partners to come in on the investing part because he only had 400,000 and needed 4 million. And so oh, he, he ended up making a million dollar profit. I showed the letter to Gary Halbert because I wanted to meet him. And so rather than saying, oh, you know, can I have my picture taken with you? I walked up to him with a letter. He happened to be standing with John Carlton. And I said, I introduced myself and said, I'd like to thank you. And so, of course, immediately he's paying attention because I want to thank him for something. What is it? And I told right. him, I want to thank you for this concept of, this, of the dollar letter. And I had one in my hand with a dollar on it. So I'd like to show you what I did with it. And this is what happened. This was the result. And so he and John Carlton were standing, first one read it and had it to the other one. They read it. They're looking at each other. They're looking at me like, who is this? You know, who's this person? Right. Said, then they said, well, you know, you should license this letter. And I was like, I don't even know. I don't know what that means or how to do it, but okay. Good idea. <laughs> and then Gary Halbert said, you know, I'm, I'm doing an event in Miami. And I was wondering if you would mind if I gave this letter to the people attending it as a bonus. And would you please come to the event? And I said, yes. And then oh. I went to Miami. <laughs> okay, so. oh, incredible. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of went from there. <laughs> so, and that, oh. that's how I started my business online. That's how I started as a copywriter. <laughs> so, um, but, I mean, I just think there's a lot of lessons to be learned in this because, yes. when, you know, and maybe you've heard me say it, it's never too late. You know, it's never too late to, to discover what you're really meant to be to tap into the gifts that you have been given that you may not even have ever recognized or that have or been told that something that's actually a gift is somehow not, that it's a detriment or it's one of your bad traits, like you're too talkative or whatever, which I was told, only not in such nice terms when I was growing up. And that, that some of these things are actually your greatest gifts. And so that's, and, and the other thing is, there's no anointing of, you know, you have to do it for yourself. You have to self-anoint yourself as the expert, as the person that can do the thing. And so, you know, I never said, oh, I'm just getting started as a copywriter. I never said those words. You know, I was like, you have to own it and believe in it enough and hone your craft because you have to be able to deliver also, but be able to, to really believe it yourself and, as, and others will as well. And I mean this in the most aligned and um, with integrity that you're actually going to do a great job for people and get results for them, you know, but, but if you're waiting for that perfect time for the person to say, well, now you are, you know, whatever the thing may be, you're gonna be waiting a very long time that you, you have to do it for yourself. You have to believe it for yourself and own that, that belief for yourself. And, and because you'll project that, you'll project that to others. And so that was just another thing I learned along the way in doing this. So. We are going to pause that interview right there. If you enjoyed hearing from Tina Lorenz, make sure you check out the full interview once we get through this initial podcast launch, and hopefully you're enjoying these little teasers. We'll see you soon. Hey, thanks for listening. 
If you thought of someone while you're listening to this episode, would you send it to them? Just let them know you were thinking about them or that they came to mind and make that connection. If you would take a minute to rate and review my show, that would mean the world to me. And let me know about topics that you want us to cover in future episodes. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe. What are you waiting for? Go hit the subscribe button right now. (laughs) I'll see you next time. Mwah.